so apparently that's the Oscars thing. Never heard that before in my life. No, I know. Um, I'd say that was too too epic for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, I think you need to calm down, Oscars. Oscars, calm down, mate. Yeah. yeah it's not that deep. Who are we? Uh, we are uh, Snowflakes, the podcast, sponsored by Cinepause. That was good. I got it all in the intro. Yeah, well done. Uh, and we talk about films, movie making, acting in them, and occasionally radical left-wing politics because they're yep. related somehow. Yep. Um, cheers. Cheers. Hold on, let me clean. Um, it's officially Oscar season. It is officially Oscar season. So we need to talk about the Oscars. Do you know? Do you know why I know it's Oscar season? Because well, everyone's talking bullshit nonsense. <laughs> to elaborate um, so I don't know if you're going to I don't know if you agree with me on this but I, I'm getting I'm really annoyed with the conversation just being about the Oscars snubs because mm. I think it's like super uh, disrespectful to other people that have been nominated for stuff yep um Okay, maybe, you know, obviously the, kick, the big kickoff was everyone's like, how is... Barbie. Um, yeah, Barbie. Um, why is... Um, 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 Margot Robbie Margot nominated Robbie for... Yeah, and okay, fair enough. Okay, Greta Gerwig maybe should have a nomination. I'll make that decision once I've seen all of those films. Yeah. But also, like... I think what, for how she changed the game, she deserved a nomination. Yeah, yeah for I direction. Do. But Margot Robbie not being up for Best Actress, I think, is... Okay, like, I would like a lot of people that are causing a fuss about it, saying it was a snub, whatever, which annoys me as a word anyway, because at the end of the day, there are 10,000 people that vote on it, and it's like, it's not always just a snub, sometimes you're just nominated for, not nominated for an Oscar. There were other, also loads of other people that were nominated for Best Actress, mm. which it should be celebrated a little bit, yeah. i.e. the first... Ever Native American woman to be nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Why are we still talking actress? about this one... White lady. Yeah, yeah, and it's fine. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. She's an amazing white lady. Yeah, but it's also it's like why do we? Why does the conversation have to be about snubs and whatever? Yeah. Because it's like at the end of the day, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the Oscars. There's yeah. there's horrible things happening in the world, and it's just an Oscars nomination from whatever. It's I like, do take the point that nominating Ken and not Barbie. Yeah. is literally the point I guess this, of the Barbie yeah. movie. I, I, However, I would like to remind people that America Ferrara has been nominated for Best Supporting that, Actress. That, that was my like, thing as well. Like, the woman like, of colour yeah, has yeah. been nominated. That, that was my big, one of my other big things. Big like, everyone just kind of ignored that and said Barbie was snubbed. I was like, was it really snubbed? No. You know, it's got a Best Picture nomination. It's got loads of good yeah. nominations. And, like, and no one was talking about... Um, um, best screenplay nomination. Yeah. Best adapted screenplay. Yeah, but like other no, I think there is the thing, the conversation thing you said about Ken, but also there is a nomination in Best Supporting Actress as well. And yeah. I think I think it's a bit of a mm-hmm. I think a lot a lot of it I find is very disrespectful to but especially in the the best actress nomination. I was yeah. like, do you not think that's a bit of a slap in the face yeah. for I think it would have been more a slap in the face if Ryan Gosling had been nominated for Best Actor, but he hasn't. He's been yeah. nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Um, so yeah. they're not they're not saying Ryan Gosling is better than Margot Robbie. Yeah. They are saying in this field. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's it. That, that that's the thing that kind of annoys me a little bit. Is is I think people want to turn this into kind of a, a kind of mean spirited competition things like mm-hmm. oh everyone they thought that that, that Ryan Gosling thought he deserved a reward, uh, an, award, an award over Margot Robbie and I don't think that's the case it's more no. a case of 
when you look at the best actress nominations people were asked who was the best actress you know this this year and people voted on it and that's 10,000 people voting it's not kind of a decision I think a lot of the stuff that comes out in the press is Mm -hmm. just kind of whipping up a conversation to sell papers yeah I mean we'll we'll get to this today because we're going to talk about two of the best actress nominees in quite a lot of detail yeah and I appreciate I've only seen two of the five yeah but both of those two do not make me think oh Margot Robbie should have been nominated over this person yeah yeah. so um, yeah yeah. it's it's not a slap in the face it's just sometimes wait did I say both of those two or neither of those two I meant neither of those two yeah yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean yeah. But um, yeah, that's. But also, there's all the other stuff that comes with it, with um, people, people's time to win Oscars, and mm. you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, it's just an award show. It's yeah. very silly. Shall we? Shall we? Um, like, get into the news like proper because we just started ranting. Yeah, so we didn't. We didn't actually do anything. I just started. <laughs> I literally started ranting. Um, we have. We don't have a jingle. For we the, don't have a jingle for the news. So but, sing a song quickly um, in, in, in a minor. Oh, good God. I'm... What? Are you auto-tuning me? There we go, that's the jingle. <laughs> that, was, that was the jingle. It was... Um, oi, oi, oi. Professionally. Oi, oi, oi. You win the news. Oi, oi, um, News. Um, okay, can we start by something not Oscars-related? I would yeah, like... Yeah, fair. While, can you search up the voice note I sent you last night, please? Yes. And while you're doing that, I'm going to say, I went to the Barbican last night to watch my neighbour, Totoro. The, the Barbican? The Barbican. At the, not the Barbican. <laughs> the Barbican. Um to watch My Neighbour Totoro and I sent James a voice note which we are going to play now. Okay, I'm going to list for you all of the times I cried during My Neighbour Totoro, the stage show. Time number one, uh, the, the first note of the overture, I cried. <laughs> time number two, the first time we saw the actual big Totoro puppet. I was very close when we saw the little, like, white Totoro puppet, which is incredibly cute and it's basically just two feet and a head fuck me well done to that puppeteer because i cared about that motherfucking puppet so much but the big fuck off puppet first time we saw that asleep cried um second time i uh, third time i cried at the bus stop with the umbrella cried uh fourth time i cried um making the plants grow uh big fuck off puppet totoro doing the little rain dance cried and the little ones either side don't have an umbrella so they use a leaf crying immediate crying so that's for time number four time number five crying um uh when uh, they're sitting in a tree and like just enjoying their life that's time number five time number six crying uh when satsuki and may have uh they're falling out and there's corn involved crying those actresses were amazing well done them uh, time number, oh my god, uh, seven, I think I'm on, uh, crying when Satsuki begs for the cat bus and the cat bus arrives and is like, I'm going to take you to May, crying, well done. Uh, time number eight, hospital, um, watching dad and mum being like, oh yeah, our daughters are very enamoured with their neighbour Totoro, crying. Time number nine, the bows, when they immediately, well, when they eventually play the Totoro theme tune, the recognisable one. Totoro, Totoro, crying, immediate crying. Um, 
And these were the nine times that I cried during My Neighbor Totoro, the stage show at the Barbican Theatre and scene. And scene. <laughs> That's like almost the, the end of that is the title of the, your memoirs. <laughs> these are all the times I cried and scene. <laughs> yeah, and scene. Um, uh, good then. Oh my God, it's incredible. And it's until the end of March. Um, so people have loads of time to go and see it. The where was it? Where was it again? The, the Barbican. The Barbican. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. I mean, it must work in the Barbican. It is. In, it's insanity. Like, and obviously, it's, it's, it's insanity. It's insanity. And um, obviously, all the creatures are puppets. Um, it is like super magical. The score is beautiful. The acting's incredible. The puppets are brilliant. Um, and it's a. It's a. I think. Not only is everybody in on stage of Asian descent, but it looks like a lot of people on the creative team are also of Asian descent. Um, uh, whether they're majority Japanese, I don't know. But um, I, I just had the most delightful time and did so much crying from the first note of the overture to the last note of the bows. Happy crying, though. Happy Some crying. Of, oh, yeah. yeah, I was delighted. It's Absolutely not, it's not delighted. A, it's not a, a, a hard-hitting drama that's made you... No, yeah. no, no. But, like, oh, my... These little puppets, and they were so silly, and... Uh, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about the puppets, because if anyone goes, I don't want to spoil like it's anything. feel a bit of a spoiler, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it is, it's just stunning. I highly recommend going. It's like War Horse, but with... Fluffy, but with fluffy big Totoro. Yeah, yeah, fair. fair. Yeah, yeah, and that that motherfucking War puppet, Totoro. War Totoro, is like. So if the actress that plays May, I assume, is about five and a half foot tall, right. watching her next to this Totoro thing, that thing must be at least fifteen to twenty foot tall. It is <laughs> fucking enormous. It's amazing. Mm. So recommend. Recommend. That's my big news, and I thought I should probably say that before we got into Oscars. Spiral into the, the, the inevitable... The, the chaos that is. Chaos that is awards season. Um, so, full disclosure, we're going to try not to, like, talk too in-depth about the Oscar noms here because from here on out, until the Oscars are done, we are just watching Oscar films, so we're likely to talk about things quite in-depth. Yes. Then. So, um, we'll basically be watching every single Oscar nomination. Yep. Touchwood. This has actually been coined. Um, I've been doing this for years now, but it's been coined the Oscars death race. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good fun until you watch some awful films. Yep. Usually ones that are up for best song, but the ones that are up for best song this year look uh, pretty good. Look pretty good, yeah. So, which leads to kind of, I guess, do we have, have you got any other else you want to add to the news other than. Oscars. Just me raging about the awards. No, no, you go ahead and rage about the awards the and discourse. I will chip in. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's fine. It is. I think just some people just <laughs> get carried, they just get carried away with what it actually is. Um, I think the academy is getting better, like year on year. Like it is getting better and betterly. Um, the you know the the um, yeah words I'm trying to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I will the say the inclusiveness of it is getting better because every yeah. time they bring in people, they are they are trying to so slowly but surely the academy is becoming more diverse. Yeah, and, I think so. Um, and I think it's worth noting out that basically the Academy, all the awards are done down by a voting sequence, which goes out to a, roughly about 10,000 people who vote on it. That's and so many so, people. And sometimes, obviously, eventually that will get bigger and it will become, and it, over the years it's becoming more and more diverse because I think every year they hire, I think it's roughly like 35% women, 35% men, and then people of non-specified genders. Mm. And they've been doing that for a while. Yeah. So over, over time... 
you know, we'll get to somewhere that's even better than where we are now and there'll be a better representation. Until then, I think some people do think it is one person in a room going... This what, is what who, I like. Yeah, who should we nominate to cause a fuss yes. like this year? And, yeah, I think I think that's all I'm going to say on it because yeah. I, it's just, sometimes it's nice to just do a big silly award show and just say who's good at acting and yeah. yes. Um, I will say, I am... Again, we have... In the directing category, in the year where the highest grossing movie, like a, a world-changing movie, was directed by a woman, we have one, one thing, woman yeah. and four men. Yeah, yeah. It's, but again, this is what frustrated me, is that no one mentioned Anatomy of a Fall mm. in this conversation as well. Yeah. So a lot of the people that were talking about this didn't even know that there was another female even directed, in, nominated, in there. Yeah. So I, I, I... What I'm, what I'm getting at is, mm-hmm. I'm not over Barbie. I'm just, no. I'm, I've, I think I've reached Barbie. Mm-hmm. Like, can we stop pretending Barbie has changed the world yeah. and made us all rethink things that madly? Like, if you, if you, a vote, the idea that a vote for not voting for Barbie is a vote against feminism. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm think I'm getting yeah, yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Um, all of the director nominees, by the way, also are all white. Just yeah. saying. Yes. Which is not on. This is. And one of them nominated for a film explicitly about the plight of Native American people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which we'll, we'll get, get to. Um, what do you want to start with, okay, film-wise? I I'll have a wheel. A wheel that we can um, uh, choose randomly. Do you want to play the new release jingle while we choose our first movie? Yeah, go for it. Okay. You've got the flu and lost your shoe Saw the view and you said boo But listen you, don't feel blue Because we've watched something new Lots of new films we've watched Yeah, we've watched four movies this week And we're going to start with can be with... considered too new Spin the yeah. wheel the creator we're going to talk creator. about first America versus AI America versus AI I sent I sent I wasn't sure I was watching the right film and I sent James a text that said is the creator about America versus AI <laughs> okay so what I'll do is I'll give my small caveat for this film because there is a part of it that I think deserves that is okay. fun should we do the nominees first let's no, do th- sorry the... let's do what it's a small categories for this but so yeah, first of all the synopsis first of all spoilers for the creator uh, the synopsis uh, according to IMDB against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence a former soldier finds the secret weapon a robot in the form of a young child that's pretty concise yeah that's pretty concise um, and the two categories it's nominated for are visual effects and sound so expl- explosions and the sounds Exploding. of explosions um, what I will say caveat for this this was actually shot on a Sony FX3 and in the industry that's quite a big deal because that's a very low budget camera that's oh, okay. my only caveat that. that it's a it's it's a bit of a trailblazer because it's been shot on something that's not an Alexa mm-hmm. and isn't a red Okay. But that's my only kind of caveat going into the film. I like the idea that they, that it was shot on quite a low budget, and what they managed managed to do is obviously mm. this big, high, big sci-fi thing. Yeah. But what did you think of the film? <sighs> I, yeah. I can feel a five-star review coming from this side of the I room just, by that side. I just. It's just, it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. There wasn't a lot of substance to it. I There's think. basically... Because like, I'm a sci-fi fan. Like, yeah. I love sci-fi films. I did wonder what you were going to make of this. Um, I, it's, 
it was I kind thought, of very threadbare. I, I think. thought the script was rubbish. Yeah. In a lot of places. And a lot of it was rehashed stuff of stuff that's already been done. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think I watched anything that I felt was new. I think I felt. Um, even the acting from people I really like I just was like See, I, this is I, not great the, the lead what's his name remind me of his name uh, John David Washington yeah I, I, I've only liked him in one thing and that was in Black Klansman Black Klansman yeah he was, he was awful he was in Tenet he was fucking brilliant in Black Klansman but he was awful in Tenet I've not seen and, Tenet. and this I found him just like I think half the battle here though is the script. I the think script, the script yeah. is rubbish. He's given like loads of like really cliche things to do where he's like the kid who we've established through a few scenes either does not or will not speak the same language as him. Yeah. And then after interacting with this kid for a while, he'll out of the blue just be like, What, you don't talk English? And it's like yeah, yeah, we've established this like there's quite few, early on in the scene. There's a lot of eye-rolly moments in the really script, eye-rolly. and you don't really want that. Like, no. sometimes if you're hit, hit with a couple, and you you, you know, go, oh, I can forgive it because the rest of the writing's mm-hmm. great. Uh, just the yeah, it was just how can we fit a lot of sci-fi cliche action yeah. filmy things in to, into one thing? And can I give my big positive? Yeah, go on. It's been nice to do something positive for once. Madeline Una Voyles, who is the child actor who plays Alfie. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Phenomenal. Yeah. Amazing. Which is impressive for for some for, for someone that young and she is given the worst lines of dialogue and yeah. she still is the best thing in yeah. it she I was going to say that it was, it was a very impressive performance from a child actor unbelievable yeah. absolutely unbelievable she yeah I but I like, don't know it, 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 I think what's impressive about it is that it's not just hitting lines mm-hmm. and putting but there's a lot of nuance to it yeah um, and just being mm-hmm bringing in emotional delivery yeah well um, she was seven when she shot this movie yeah pretty crazy really yeah, yeah. Um, so it puts all other child actors to shame now yeah. is your benchmark that's your benchmark at seven years old but she she is fucking extraordinary in this movie yeah um, I'll say that's that, that's probably the kind of that was my kind of leaving I think at the beginning of the pre- premise the premise of it I was like okay this is a little bit kind of shoddy and a little bit like you throw me in the middle of something that's not exactly a new mm-hmm. topic and I haven't done anything particularly mm-hmm. original and I kind of guessed the ending and the themes of it already and then they played out in front of me yeah. um, I was like there's nothing to keep me kind of relatively interested but, but yeah. when when we're about kind of oh, the middle of it and I, feel, I still feel like we're still hitting cliches yeah um there was a few couple of bits where I thought um, I think when they were kind of resurrecting people briefly and other people like um, like kind of surrogate bodies mm. to just have five seconds conversation after they passed away I was like oh that's pretty existential mad yeah, idea yeah, but yeah. like li- those little little touches of originality and good kind of mm-hmm. world building stuff weren't enough to save a quite yeah. a, a very thin script and very yeah. a shame really because there's I think it's a film that tried to lean into the heart of the characters, but the characters didn't really have a heart. I see, I didn't... And also, okay, so my my big thing is, I think this film has an enormous body count, like a huge body count. There is so much death, there's loads of cruelty. Um, I had to go on Does the Dog Die? Um, (laughs) And... uh, the dog does not explicitly there are two moments where you're wondering does the dog die um, the dog does not explicitly die but I find it difficult to, to believe it survives what okay. happens to it so, so um, is that is that you having a problem with the website <laughs> 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 you write in no, a strongly worded I, email I think my my problem is like 
basically that the Americans were displaying such egregious cruelty by like threatening to kill family pets and like yeah. beating people and like um, like really like just killing so many people it was like really really war crimey yeah and i kind of thought okay well are they setting this up so they can condemn these actions yeah I see but it mean. seems like they just did it for explodey explodey fun times yeah what, what which i'm not them, okay with yeah I, one of them i'll give them props for is basically setting the u.s military up as the bad guys in it because yeah, yeah, yeah. like that we're still in an era where the Russians or f- nameless, faceless enemy of the US does something, and Tom Cruise is hired to stop that person. From doing it. <laughs> we still live in an age like that, so yeah. it's still nice to see people drawing parallels between American war crimes. And I think they were they were trying to do it. I think they did it quite ham-fistedly. Yeah. But at least at least there's that in there to recognising that the, let's paint the yeah. US as the aggressor here. Yeah. I think yeah. there's still that to its to mm-hmm. its. You know, I think. Um, I did think it managed, because it, it, it is essentially, despite the fact that it's set quite far in the future, I know that it is the US versus AI, but it's sort of... Oh. Sorry. But it sort of is actually the US versus Asia. Yeah, a lot it is of it. that, yeah. And I feel is. like it does manage to sort of dehumanise quite a lot of its Asian cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also it was kind of... It was kind of... Um, what's the word? There's a lot of faces that were very recognisable. It was like, we need... Asian person, let's recast let's the same. Get the same. Chan, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which Who is, is wrong with that, criminally great. underused in this movie because yeah. she is an amazing actress and yeah. she plays a dog shit part. Mm. Um, the I'd say the visual effects were very good. Yeah. So what the things they are up for is fair. Sound um, and visual effects. Sound and visual effects are very good in the film. Um, mm-hmm. If you like your visual effects, etc. Yeah. You'll probably enjoy this because a lot of this stuff was again done on low budget, so it's mm-hmm. equally impressive. Um, yeah. it doesn't make me want to go and run to this director's next film no but he did Rogue One didn't he that's yeah. what was so annoying to me yeah. I loved Rogue One I thought that was fucking brilliant which is Rogue One that's the one where they uh, in space it's Felicity Jones uh, Star Wars that's the one when they're in space right they are in space can confirm yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I just yeah I just I, I struggle with them um, if you don't get me in the first half an hour, then I'm kind of out. I was and, so... And, there, yeah. was, there were a couple of moments, especially for script that Alice and Janney had to say, who plays sort of like one of the American villains. Um, there were a couple of moments of script that she had that were so bad I laughed out loud. Like at one point when, um, what, like you were saying, they bring like dead people back to life to ask them questions or, and they get like 30 seconds to ask questions. Yeah. Basically a D&D like spell. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean it was, it was... I did think that at the time that it's literally speak with dead uh, dead, used Um, a spell slot with that didn't you (laughs) but um but yeah when when she's doing that at one point when one of the dead bodies goes back dead she says i'll see you in valhalla my friend and i like so that line didn't make sense no sense none i was like wait so are they they're norse are they Norse? Was that a thing? No, they're American. The so why did point. she? Ugh, I don't know. But I, yeah, she had a few lines, and then she had she had the bit. This made me laugh out loud. Where like, <clears throat> so basically, his whole thing is he's looking for his wife, um, and she kind of comes up to him after he's agreed to take the job, 
and like uh, they're in the truck and she's like my son I lost my son in this war he died in the worst way he fell in love with a robot woman and then she betrayed him and killed him and then she pauses and she goes I hope you find your wife and then walks off (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous there there was that kind of exposition stuff that was so lazy and and I remember seeing that thinking like Okay, so she's going to turn into the remorseless yeah. bastard who's going to hate and, and not yeah. even listen to reason mm-hmm. because you're setting me up with this really weak little backstory that then gets said, mm-hmm. like, yeah, really, yeah. really, really forced into the script. I think, I think generally the, the biggest flaw with this is the script. The script is just kind of sucks. The script really. is rubbish. And, and not necessarily the story. The story is kind of fine. Like you could run with that story, and if it had a good yeah. script, like, i.e., dialogue, mm-hmm. it would be watchable. And I think. There's still enough in the genre that mm-hmm. you can do stuff that's new about AI, and especially where we are now. Yeah, uh, that's I think interesting. we've been spoiled by films like Ex Machina, which I think is brilliant. Well, yeah, it's exceptional because it, yeah. you, you, you're really riffing on an idea. Where this was just the plot was an excuse for action, and then when you have that, yeah. your action has to be incredible mm-hmm. for it to be a really good action film. I yeah, mean, like, I just I can't do like plotless action. I just can't. Yeah, I think yeah. it's dull as hell. The running, the running bomb, I thought was a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that. See, that's what I mean. I think those bits were flashes, were kind of originality. It was like, oh, that's quite like in a weird way, quite heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it's like somebody had a good idea here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like more of that would have been fine, but you would have need to rewrite the entire script for me to enjoy this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I still don't know if he's a good actor or not. I, I just can't work it out. He's so, I might just have to watch Black Klansman again because I love him so much. He's great in that. In that. Yeah. But what I will say in that is, is it's the the lines in that of really the well written for him. Like, yeah. I just find that he doesn't have enough in those. I mean, Tennant again had a really bad script and he was awful in that. Yeah. And I don't know how at what point I go. I think. I don't think though. It's on an actor to save a bad script. No, it's not. No. So but I, think I only have so much to work with, and two yeah, things yeah. I've seen with the thing I've I found him really boring. Yeah, but the um, actress who played Alpha, Alfie, sorry, um, like she was working with the same dog shit script, and she was brilliant. So. Yeah. And yeah. she's seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, makes it everyone. Yeah, but I've also not seen um, these other films he's been in. He's been in um, Monsters and Men and uh, Malcolm X film. Uh, yeah, he's, he doesn't look like he's got a big part in yeah. that. But, but yeah, he's in he's in a couple of other things that I've also not seen, so I might just have to go away and watch those. And make yeah, a and then make, then make a decision. But <coughs> generally, if you like big explosions and really shitty scripts and good a, a good AI, good AI, good uh, visual effects, you'll probably enjoy yeah. it. But if you want something with depth and character and yeah heart, I also felt that it, no. I know that it was kind of made on a budget and I feel I like I say budget I mean if you look at the budget you can look it up it's not like this is this is all parable I need to caveat this it's, it wasn't made on a budget budget, budget, budget it was made on you know if I had that money in my bank it, you could probably you know you could probably um, buy a house you probably probably yeah, more money than some GDPs of some countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, compar- comparatively lower budget. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it, it felt like 
I feel like if things have lower budget, I want them to have heart. This felt like something with a lower budget that had like soulless Disney explosion. Yeah, it did have the case of the Disney's this film. Yeah, and don't um, get me wrong, a Disney, Disney Pixar yeah. will make me cry, but like, I, you know what I mean about the like exploding Disney. Yeah, mm. yeah, the kind of the current state of the Marvel films, I guess, is, is mm, a yeah. good one. Um, right. Shall we review this film and give it a number of stars? Okay, so when I give this number, I'm giving it on the basis that last episode I gave Sunshine three stars. <laughs> yeah, because if you gave this the same, I'd... I'd uh, so I'd on the basis hands. that I gave Sunshine three stars, this cannot get more than a one. Okay, fair, yeah. This fair, is a one-star film for me. Um, I'm... And this is just because there's an, an independent film person inside me. I'm going to give it a two, but that's the only thing. I think... I think the visual effects are good. If that's your thing, you'll probably get a lot out of that. The fact that it was shot on a relatively low yeah. budget is good. But um, other things that have been nominated for those categories, sorry to interrupt, uh, for sound, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Zone of Interest, at least three of those are better. Are better. Yeah. Um, and for visual effects... Um, uh, oh, actually, rubbish. I don't know rubbish. I've not seen them yet. Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Impossible, and Napoleon. I'm hearing um, subtly really good things about that new Godzilla film. Me too. I've yeah. heard this. I was at the pub with somebody that was like, yeah. no, but Anna, you have to watch it. Yeah, everyone's been doing that. They, they do that thing where they go, you have to watch it. And you go, yeah, yeah. And then they touch you lightly on the hand. And they, they go, go, really? No, really. And you're like, oh, wow. Either we can't be friends or you're correct. So if if it wins in visual effects, I think I'll be like, okay. But if it wins in sound, I think given that Oppenheimer is nominated, I I would be a bit annoyed. Yeah, yeah, fair. It's not a very good film. No. Um, But is the next one we're going to watch a good film? Okay, let me roll the wheel. Um, The wheel of The wheel of films. Uh, That is Maestro. Maestro. The film is about the person also known as Leonard Bernstein Um, uh, the the IMDB uh, thing says this love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia Montalegre Cohen Bernstein I think that's a pretty good synopsis because if you go in expecting a Bernstein biopic you're not going to get that you're not going to get that yeah this is about the two of them I think that's why it was love story yeah out of Um, I mean caveat I'm not a big biopic fan never have been um, Neither am I. I'm, I'm going to sound really negative this episode, but I, again, was bored because <laughs> it, yeah, it tells. I think I think it's a very technically sound. Okay, so posit- if you can go positives first, the cinematography is exceptional. The cinematography the is beautiful. Um, um, Carrie Mulligan. This is enough for me, but it wasn't in this case. But, Carrie uh, Mulligan. Oh yeah. Oh my God. She's so good in it. Oh, let's let's say what it was nominated yeah, for first. Okay. So it's up quite a few, isn't it? It's got a few. So first of all, Bradley Cooper for Best Actor. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for Best Support... Uh, best Actress, sorry, not Best Supporting, Best Actress. Um, cinematography, well-deserved, I think. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Makeup and hairstyling, I will talk about this at length later. Um, and I think you know what I'm going to say. Uh, best Picture. Uh, sound, which we've just talked about. Yeah, um, the sound is... Good, I will go into that. Yeah, well. original screenplay. Those are the uh, seven. Nominees. So, how comes that gets original screenplay and Barbie is adapted? That's so I weird. Know. Considered like Bernstein as a human is person. Is an actual person, yeah. Weird. Um, uh, so, sorry. Uh, 
So that, so okay. that yeah, performance-wise, my think... headline is that this is a very technically gifted biopic in the in the kind of general genre of the way biopics are made now, and there's nothing wrong with that except I have now seen it of them. Yes. And yes. I'm a bit bored of it. Yeah, I think that's kind of. I think the, that's like we do the olden days in black and white, and then we do the modern day in colour. See, I thought that was a bit of a lazy decision. Yeah. Because I always think like it's almost cliche. It's like oh, like as, soon, as we become modern, it has times, become a cliche. We, yeah, it's become a cliche, definitely. Um, um, okay, but that, that is the last I will say on my headline. Go, yeah. You, you talk now. I think generally, like, I found it a little bit boring. Um, the bits where I kind of came back in were all based around. Harry Mulligan's performance. She I think he was good as well, but I think I think there, there was a, she had to do a lot, um, a lot of heavy lifting, yeah. and play annoyingly like quite a cliched character in some of these films. The kind of struggling wife, um, yeah. wife character, which is which was I think what I'll give it props for is it played it played that dynamic a bit more interestingly than some of these films, mm-hmm. but it is. I would like to say it's... I mean, it's a biopic, so if these things happened the way they did, then you can't really change what happened. But I do think they gave a bit more time and emotional awareness to that. Yeah. that act- and, and her being such a huge character in it rather than this kind of yeah. fun, spoiling mm-hmm. wife that was like, oh, stop, yeah. stop partying or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she also... Like, Sarah Silverman's also very good in this, I think. Yeah. Um, she plays his... Um, his sister. sister. Um but Carrie Mulligan, the the moment where I went, this is a flawless performance, is the bit where she's having, I think, lunch with Sarah Silverman's character. Yeah, that's, yeah. And she does this speech about, like, uh, you know, he was always upfront about who he was, and I always pretended I was fine with it, so who's the real liar here? She does that speech. Yeah. I, I was like, that was the one moment I was really glued to the screen, like, really watching her deliver that, because it, yeah. it never cuts to... Sarah Silverman all, at all there. Weirdly, I think I think that's to, to the, the, the better part of the film is that, that it's all its cathartic moments came through her. Yeah. So all the bits where it came up, it was like um, mm-hmm. all the bits where you kind of felt a bit of release. It was based on their relationship. It was her moment of catharsis, mm-hmm. which I think is a bit fresh and a bit new for a yeah. film that's about Bernstein to have it through um, that lens a little bit, mm-hmm. rather than you know the way it could have been. Um, I think this film is sound use of sound was pretty exceptional yeah um, they did didn't rely on a lot of soundtrack which I think was quite brave there were scenes where you normally would have a film where they would lean into just score and soundtrack mm-hmm. and they used these like they would almost play with the sound of the natural environment around them it was, it was pretty cool like idea mm-hmm. like they're having this really beated out conversation on the balcony I think and it, they literally play the soundtrack as just leaves yeah but then they bring it in at emotional points to highlight silence and I was like oh, that's really good um, original idea for like sound mixing and sound mm-hmm. um, so I can kind of see why it's got that nomination because yeah. I think that's it I made so. it made it quite um, for a film I thought it was quite brave for a film that's about music or I say it's not about music but it's about a, 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 a a composer. Um, a composer, yeah. A composer conductor, to, yeah. to not rely on score so much is quite a brave mm-hmm. decision. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'd say the cinematography is, like, exceptional. Yeah. Um, um, the cinematography is beautiful. I have one, uh, one moment that I think was really egregious and silly and added about six minutes of screen time that we didn't need. Go on. 
and it's when he, you know, they're in the church and he's conducting, I think it's Mahler's second symphony. Oh, so I was going to ask you about this, yeah, go on. They, they have him conduct essentially a whole movement of Mahler's second symphony, which is about six or seven minutes of screen time. Is that the one he comes off and then he, yeah, yeah, another one. Yeah. And it's in one shot, and it is a beautiful shot, but I'm like, this is not advancing the plot at all. This is just Bradley Cooper showing me that he has taken conducting lessons okay. in order to play this role. Yeah. I was going to say, how realistic was the conducting? It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Yeah, but you can't expect it to be, but at the same time, but like, I, I, was, I was watching, I was thinking, like, I wonder if this is naff. Because obviously, no, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, it was clearly a very good orchestra. It was clearly a real orchestra, a very right, accomplished okay. orchestra playing Mahler second. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but I was just like, this is not furthering the plot. It, you know, there is footage of, of Bernstein conducting this symphony, which you can go and watch. It's actually telling me nothing about their relationship. Me watching you conduct six minutes of Mahler 2 is not furthering the plot. It is you, Bradley Cooper, showing me you've learned a new skill for this movie and asking me to give you an Oscar for it. Right, that is yeah. what that is doing. And so. I was annoyed about it. <laughs> it's funny, though, because like, for his performance, I think those were the bits that, 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 weren't, that weren't the best for me. No. Like, I, actual, found, I found them a little bit silly. Yeah. I, I just found them... I mean, I have a big thing about profession impression performances. So mm. like, you're, when you're just literally mimicking someone, because it's like... That's cool, but I want to see emotion. Like, if if, if the if the impression is off and yeah. and the the emotional beats Are work there. and they drag me in, then I don't care. Yeah. But the impression doesn't impress me. God, I'm, also, I'm trying to confuse. I'm choke myself up with this fucking <laughs> these words, but. Um, but I yeah, think those are the bits I found silly. I think like, all the rest of it, I thought was he—he yeah. he was very deft with his performance, and I thought it was good. Yeah, he was a very—he it was a really good performance. I was just a bit like, I feel, I feel like okay, I, I have a big thing to talk about. Should I wait or should I talk about it now? Is it about his nose? It's partly about his nose. Yeah. So, I am. I think Bradley Cooper is is in a very fortunate position where he can choose his projects and he can choose his roles and he can make those films himself and direct them and fund them and whatever else. And first of all, I'll tell you that uh, because this film was made, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was going to make a Leonard Bernstein biopic. Did you know this? No, I didn't know that. Jake Gyllenhaal has a Jewish mum, oh, okay. has Jewish heritage, had been wanting to play Leonard Bernstein for a really, really long time and had a very carefully crafted pitch by all accounts. And Bradley Cooper swanned in uh, while Jake Gyllenhaal was still in talks with the Bernstein estate and, and basically gave his, his pitch and the Bernstein estate gave Bradley Cooper the, the go-ahead. So gave a non-Jewish actor the go-ahead over and above Jake Gyllenhaal, who by all accounts was pretty devastated. Mm. Bradley Cooper then dons a false nose to play the famously Jewish Leonard Bernstein and then Leonard Bernstein's Jewishness is barely a, a factor in this movie it, it's and this is my issue with the nomination for makeup because the hairstyling is beautiful and very period the, the period makeup is very beautifully done I do not want to reward the giving of a prosthetic nose to a non-Jewish actor so that they can play a Jewish character with an Oscar. I don't want to reward that. Mm, fair enough, yeah. I'm going to actually read a quote 
because I decided I should not, as a non-Jewish person, say this all just myself. Um, this is an article by Kate Maltby in a publication called The Jewish Chronicle. The headline is, uh, Nose aside, Maestro completely ignores Bernstein's Jewish identity. This is not a film with a Jewish sensibility. It's a star vehicle for Bradley Cooper and his nose. Uh, and she points out, uh, in 1970, Jonathan Miller directed The Merchant of Venice at the National Theatre with Laurence Olivier as Shylock. Shylock is a famously Jewish character in Shakespeare. Uh, Miller's version, later adapted for TV, is seen as a turning point in the production history of Shakespeare's play as it introduced us to Shylock as a humane, even dignified figure. In opening scenes, the assimilated gentleman Shylock appeared indistinguishable from his genteel colleagues. Uh, it nearly wasn't this way. Laurence Olivier, a star who rarely brooks disagreement, showed up to his first rehearsal clutching a bag of tricks. The contents appalled Miller. Inside was a large prosthetic hook nose, a wig of ringlets and a jutting set of false teeth. Uh, and she, she kind of goes on to say that she feels like this is what a lot of actors do when they get to play a Jewish character, is just kind of do, well, how do I appear? Um, but the big, the big um, kind of... Uh, I think this is a general thing, though, because yeah. I think my thing with, with with prosthetics is I find them distracting, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know, I respect the the work that goes into to because you know watching it happen, like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty remarkable what people can do. I yeah. think my thing is like, um, is it necessary to tell the story? And this is it leans into my impression thing. It's like, yeah. um, you know, how much work goes into other people on you know other other roles how yeah. much and i find prosthetics always just distracting yeah it's like carrie mulligan wasn't kind of fixed up to play the role no. as far as i know or didn't have prosthetics to, to play it and i was like well if you know you shouldn't really need to be relying on that kind of stuff and no. then if you can't cast someone that looks like them don't focus on making you look like them just just get, focus get the on the inner stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the big this is the big paragraph i want to read and i'm not sure that i i we will converse about it but this is the big paragraph I want to read she says the biggest flaw in Maestro however also explains its Jew face problem this isn't a project about Leonard Bernstein it's a project about Bradley Cooper like Olivier Cooper is desperate to assert himself as an auteur he missed an acting Oscar for his directing debut A Star Is Born but he's hungry for one here thus a series of decisions that seem to showcase Cooper's role at the expense of unity or tone I'd agree with that I think it I do feel this about this film mm-hmm. um, for multiple reasons. Uh, that I think it feels like a, a, an awards vehicle. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of Oscar bait. It's mm-hmm. like classic film that getting there's black and white in it, and um, yeah. it's about a, a huge a real arts, human that actually existed. Yeah, it's a yeah. biopic. It's the arts. It's it's stuff that the Academy loves. Mm-hmm. He's almost gone through and tried to tick boxes. Yeah. Um, and I can see that, and I can see that, and it's. Um, I think it's. There's ego involved, but mm-hmm. I th- I, there, there is also ego involved in any project. But yeah. at the same time, I can see I can see where a lot of that kind of lies, and I think that does ring true a lot of it. And I, I do feel like it just feels like the Bradley Cooper. I don't think there's any nastiness in the prosthetics, and also the I don't think there's anything. I think it's hand-fisted. I don't think there's yeah. anything necessarily malicious about it. And no. I don't think. Um, I don't think he's being deliberately that, no, cruel I, in any I, way. I just think it's a bit dumb. It's I think just that's a, bit basically, si- yeah. it's a bit silly, it's a bit dumb. And I think, like, don't get me wrong, the performances across the board are very, very good. Carrie Mulligan is exceptional. Yeah, I'd say that's it's a flawless performance. It's an um, absolutely flawless performance from her. Um, the music's beautiful, the sound is great, the cinematography's beautiful. I just, I really felt 
I did not want to let the prosthetic thing slide and I thought the best way to talk about it would be to actually get a quote from somebody that's actually Jewish. Yeah, so, yeah fair enough. So I thought enough. I needed to read her article. Yeah. It's it's funny with some of this stuff though, because like sometimes I get like I get I get pushed away and I'll be like a lot of this stuff I feel like gets more of attention than some of the other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people spend hours talking about the prosthetic nose mm-hmm. and for kind of I mean there was a lot there during this period that was used as clickbait to mm. sell papers and whip up a narrative which gets annoying with this kind of stuff. Mm. But I get it because it's the whole the whole process is very yeah. ham fisted. And I just again I think it just boils down to be distracting and just a bit dumb and silly. Um, at what point do we need to just just people to act and just be actors rather than yeah. like and I don't want to do people who do prosthetics incredibly well out of a job and say that it's not an incredibly skilled job oh so it's no, so I know skilled of, yeah it's but so it's skilled. like why don't why are we doing it and do we need to because especially at the end of the film when he's older I think I I, I, I kind of I, was, I, I really noticed it and thought it, was, it looked kind of mad mm. you know like he didn't look like an actual human being at one point mm. and I think if you have that amount of prosthetic on anyone it's really noticeable and then it, if it becomes distracting I think it becomes a bit of a detriment yeah. to the film anyway and the performance so I think it's this classic this is your classic Oscar Oscar bait film it is and, yeah. and it's, it was made to be so mm-hmm. as this kind of um, vehicle for Bradley I don't dislike um, Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper I just think I think he's got whipped up in his own kind of hype and, yeah. and he's got he's been whisked and everyone would like to see anything with Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal and so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Jake's side I am on Jake and I always Team Jake. I would have loved to have seen Jake's movie yeah with Carrie Mulligan with well. Carrie Mulligan actually yeah. that would have been a dream yeah I do th- I do I do respect the film for focusing on the relationship though rather, rather than, than being just yeah, a yeah. big like let's wank off let it burn thing mm-hmm. which I'm sure many people have <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I, I sound like I've been really negative about this film, but it's, I, 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 yeah. It's, there's, a, there's enough in it for me to give it three stars, I think. I think. I, yeah, I'm, I'm torn between a three and a four because I do think it's crafted beautifully. Yeah. The cinematography is stunning. The but, acting's very, very good. But if I'm blunt, I didn't enjoy it, so I can't yeah. give it more than a three. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how I feel. If I could give the scenes with uh, Carrie Mulligan uh, five stars and everything else a three, yeah. I would do that. It's funny because I always tell if I'm enjoying because if I if I'm, I'm there and I go let's see how much long how much how much more of this film is and I go oh no mm-hmm. then I know that I'm probably yeah, reviewing yeah, a, yeah. a three star film yeah but this is what I mean there are lots of egregious uses of extending screen time that basically were just to make Bradley Cooper look good that yeah. I didn't think we needed yeah 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 like the conducting thing yeah but yeah I, I mm, yeah I think I I think I settle on a three an entire star of that is for Carrie Mulligan an entire star of that is for the cinematography and yeah. then everything else kind of shares the last yeah. star fair it's a good way of breaking it down yeah right um, I'm going to buy you a pint right, I'm going to press pause and then we're going to talk about the next one yes I'm also going to put my laptop we break and, and no, one knew, no one knew that we no one knew we break went back can to the we bar. play I think we should hear from our sponsor oh good point let's do that I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism Space. Our sponsor Tim Curry can there. can confirm not sponsored by Tim Curry in <laughs> Red Alert Two. Unless Tim Curry does want to sponsor us, we yeah. would be very welcome to receiving that we're, email. Um, yeah, if that comes through, um, we're here for it. But our actual sponsor. 
You're listening to the Snowflix podcast sponsored by Cinepause, offering simple, personal cinematography equipment rental in Surrey. Check out the latest gear on my website at cinepause.co.uk. That's my cat. Nicole's got a great advert voice. I, every time it comes on, I just feel ashamed because then I hear my voice come over it and it doesn't have the same kind of like Yeah, um, she's got a flow. brilliant yeah. um, I think Nicole voice. might make a good rapper, actually. Rapper? Yeah, <laughs> she has, a, she has, a, she has a, like a, a, a syncopation, which works. But that was my cat and he's very happy. Well so, done, happy Just cat. so everyone could feel good about something. Okay. In fact, we're, we're going to review a good film now. So Come on, let's um, talk about talk American, about American Symphony. Symphony. Which is only up for best song I think yeah it was It's it missed out on best documentary unfortunately I mean I haven't seen the other ones yet and okay I, but I I have not I have um, I've uh, I want to now watch all of the documentaries pretty much immediately to see he, do I think any of them are better than yes, this yes um, I, apparently I've heard that it's a very hot category hot category because I, this was on the long list yeah uh, which is why I watched it actually mm-hmm. I watched it and then it was up for best song which that song actually is flat out heartbreaking it is it's amazing. I, I've been listening to that like on repeat and it is amazing every time I listen to it and I've got shivers now it makes me want to cry yeah because it is just a beautiful song it's we very can't simple. end the podcast with it because we'll get flagged yeah. for copyright but we can do a, a sung version of it stunning um, um, I guess so what is the synopsis it I guess? says spoiler up. in this deeply intimate documentary musician John Batiste attempts to compose a symphony as his wife writer Suleika Jawad undergoes cancer treatment. I should have looked up how to pronounce that surname. I know it's Suleika Jawad. They forgive you. Please, <laughs> because I love you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and so I've I've identified two other documentaries that I think we should watch in time for next episode. Yeah, um, I think you should always do a doc because it's always good to get yeah, back to things that but are actually real. I've yeah, there are two that are easily streamable that I think we should do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an American an American Symphony. No, just American Symphony. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, uh, yeah, I can go. Um, it kind of like surprised me how much I like this film mm-hmm. um, because. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting going in. I knew I kind of I knew what it was about. I didn't. I I don't really know his work. It's not someone I'm familiar with because I'm out of the loop. I'm mildly familiar with him. Um, but I initially talked without getting into the story because the story of it is just harrowing, but mm. br- brilliantly told. I think I love the style of the documentary. Yeah. It was. It's almost like a narrative film. It's it was like a narrative like, film. Yeah. It was done very poetically as well. Yeah. Um, almost like the beats in it and obviously a lot of this comes down to masterful editing of yeah. taking things of, of the amount of footage they must have captured uh-huh. and basically having this almost semi-stream of consciousness narrative film that culminates in this giant performance at the end I think it was great storytelling Yeah. if, if nothing else the, the way it was kind of beat it out like a film yeah. and, and it had you kind of I think about halfway through I was in, in the in the palm of this film's hand Absolutely. and be like I immediately need everybody to be okay yeah um, and it being a documentary mm-hmm. you don't get that kind of fluffy happy ending that you get in no. in, in stuff but I just thought the way the, that the way that the, the, it was told the story was, was was exceptional it so didn't feel like a documentary no this like it, it really did feel like like you say like a stream of consciousness like yeah. a sort of you know moment in time like slice of life kind of 
genuinely like a narrative movie. I think where I flipped to I flip from thinking this is a really good film to this is a, a bloody great film mm. is when the actual show starts. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, the way this has been put together is really fucking good because you've got yeah. your huge kind of cathartic bit at the end, mm-hmm. and then just something literally in the last five minutes of this thing I was like this is sick no yeah. not sick that's a stupid word but like this is gut punching really is. good yeah, um, yeah but, the concept of what he was trying to do as well is fucking cool. yeah yeah that's, he, a, that, that's yeah. another layer to it which it's is a whole great. other layer and actually the film is not really about that but it easily could be about yeah, like documenting how he wrote yeah. this thing yeah, and he's essentially trying to write because he he feels that and he's correct that um, the the notion of a symphony is very much a um, a European a white European upper yes. class idea yeah. and he all was the, like all the classics yeah. white European composers I would like to write an American symphony which is which celebrates uh, the underrepresented cultures of America like the kind of Native American yeah. and the and black music and kind of indigenous and, and folk music even yeah well, um, when that showed up that's when I was like oh fuck you, yeah. you've destroyed me now yeah there we are yeah. I was destroyed pretty much as soon as I because I'm a double bass player as soon as I learned she was a double bass player oh I remember that yeah they I had remember footage of her playing the double bass playing a piece yeah. I know fairly well and I was just like oh fuck <laughs> yeah shit, I forgot about that actually yeah. I remember watching this film and thinking oh fuck is going to go mental when she sees this. Not yep. mental, but like I think this is going to yep. be a bit of a. Yep, this was a heart yeah. cruncher. This was a heart just cruncher. Just this story, man. It's like, beautiful. Just. And just, like he's an incredible individual as yeah. well. Like, yeah. And all of the stuff he says about like it's one minute I'm an industry darling. Uh, who only knows about pop music and the next minute I'm like like I'm too jazzy so I'm not pop yeah, and then and I'm not classical enough that's fun just to I'm, see yeah. someone basically just talk about that stuff yeah. I don't fit into any category because pop music won't have me because I'm too up my own ass, and classical music won't have me because I'm too pop so yeah. it's kind of it's quite fun not say fun stupid but like it's a yeah. It's an interesting to watch someone go through that and then hear radio mm-hmm. reviews in the background yeah. say stuff and you're watching someone go through this horrendous life event mm. and events and you just think it puts all of the crap and it kind of ties into some of the stuff about you know the, the Oscars press stuff yeah. about what we think matters and actually none of that matters. Mm. Like literally none of that crap matters and all the kind of the discourse about who won at this and did what and it's yeah. like literally none of that means anything if the most important person in your life could be taken away from you yeah and i think that's the heart and soul of the film is like all of that mm-hmm. gets really put into a perspective how did you do with all the hospital stuff not very well because no. i'm not for it, but like it was I, a lot it was a lot but i think i think it did what what like like i said it puts a lot of the, of the rest of the kind of yeah. discourse which is happening outside of him into perspective yeah because she learns towards the ends of toward the end of the film is that they they, they film she she's an amazing force in this documentary because she lets them film so much of her treatment yeah and like they film her wedding and it, it it's so subtle they never like talk about this but it's very clear that she's sick because everybody around her has to wear a mask at all times yeah like, like a, chemo, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. she's she's having chemo. But she learns towards the end of the documentary that she is going to have to have basically indefinite chemo, even though she's in remission. Yeah, and it's just her reaction is. You never get to watch somebody react to simultaneously incredible news and also awful news. Yeah. yeah. 
at the same time. That's that's. I think it's sometimes I have a thing about this is is it, does this does this feel like it crosses a line between entertainment and like do we do I do I feel like I should be watching this? Yeah. But obviously I feel like it's a decision that they'd made. That, yeah. That that it was going to be shown in, but I think without it, it really. You, you lose a little bit the, the the heart and soul of this documentary, which I I believe a lot of it is that all the kind of stuff that happens outside of yeah. things that are really important. Mm-hmm. And God, when that last song plays after the whole symphony, that song it never went away. I was yeah. like, and I was, I was like, I was away. Nicole was away. I'm gonna start crying. Um, Nicole was away, and Rusty yeah. was just there, and I just grabbed him and hugged him and cried cried yeah. my fucking eyes out because I was like this this song I'm not very good with words but this song kind of sums up everything that I think mm. and it's like it's a really simple way of doing something that's a really kind of beautiful thing about like really mm-hmm. caring so much about one person and the idea of them being taken away it's just like that's that's Fuck. exceptional yeah and I was like ah even the name of it works perfectly American Symphony it's like it's the act of that creation is kind of his yeah it's the it's the way the both of them they said they kind of survive by getting through yeah with the kind of art and things like that and I think you can you can recognise in him that he's that's what he cares about we haven't even touched on the thing that the two of us can personally relate to which is when he talks about his struggles with anxiety anxiety yeah I forgot even forgot about that yeah because that's that was important to see yeah and, and normally, like, I feel like when a, when a famous person makes a documentary and it's like, my battle with anxiety, it's like the whole thing. But I, I think what I love so much about this is it's just like, no, anxiety is like a hurdle I have to overcome daily. But actually, I also have to live my life around that. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I think that was, yeah, those bits were kind of hard to watch because they're, again, very real. And yeah. I think they've made a choice to just keep them in where he's like in bed and he's talking and they've got like obviously a mic under the cover or something so yeah. they can think he's talking to his therapist and he's bits in the tree where he's literally hyperventilating. It's like, ah, I can tell this is real because I've been there. Yeah. Um, it's really, but it's very cinematic as well. Like, yeah. it's art in and of itself. And then you, you, you flick back to the hospital and, and she's she's managed to paint a, a picture of a, an elephant or something. Yeah. And and it's like, it's such a simple thing, but that becomes such a symbol of, yeah, of, of like uh, how she finds her voice. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, watch it, watch it once, because I, I probably can watch it again. Because it's it's not. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot of emotion, it, but it's also very life affirming. Like it I is feel very like life affirming. His, his like it's not, philosophies are so. Yeah, I think I think that's. You, it's not. You, you don't come out feeling doom and gloom. You do feel like an empowerment or yeah. something that you, you you will go through things. This film, I think, watching this film, yeah. I think I think it just it also reminds you of a lot of things that you can take for granted sometimes mm. um, be it health or anything yeah. Um, but yeah it's gorgeous it was a very 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 well made film and yeah. I, I'm just I'm interested to see why, why it missed out on best documentary um, yeah. I'm glad I mean, it is I'm really glad it's up for best song just so what it gets to be gets reviewed on this podcast because of it also, <laughs> yeah but also because um, it's a beautiful song yeah there could have been quite a few songs but obviously that became the, the song for the, the, the thing the actual yeah. film um, which I only think it's only played out once I think at the end yeah it is um, yeah but and interspliced with moments of them kind of playing 
They're like, in the snow. In the and, snow and stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you've killed me. I'm fucking... Killed me. I'm dead. I'm deceased. Yeah, it's... It's beautiful. And I, the other documentaries are going to have to be fucking brilliant for me yeah, to not think yeah. this deserved a nomination. But it's interesting because I've seen what they're about and I was like, oh man, this could be a very hard, hard season of watching the documentaries. But the documentary, to be fair, most Oscars, it's it's these are all absolutely exceptional documentaries. There's been a few where it's been not great and like not as good, but they're always of a very high caliber. So yeah. be interested to see what else is up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a five for me. I yeah, don't it's think five. I'd a five. Um, it's a five. I, I think you can't really tell that story any better. No, uh, I don't think so. I don't think you can tell that story any better. And I think the story itself is beautiful and important. Yeah. Cool. And I loved it. Um, um, so the last thing we've got to review is Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. I uh, is this James Morgan bait this film? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. I thought it might be. Um, I'm going to read a synopsis. Um, spoiler alert for this movie. Uh, what I say is the film's not perfect, um, and I know where it falls down, but... I'm what? Just, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon? Yeah. Oh, right, sorry, yeah, I thought you were still talking about American Symphony. No, 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 yeah. Um, um, so what is the synopsis? Synopsis. When oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. So, first of all, this is based on... A, a book but a, the book is a true story yes yeah uh, I feel like that's important to say yeah um, I mean it's all based off um, yeah. events that actually happen I think the book takes place in, in three different three different forms so it's like it's mm-hmm. two different points of view and then the final chapter is the yeah. the writer actually kind of being an investigative journalist right. reading into it stuff Cool. Um, I'm going to tell everybody what it's nominated for. It's up for quite a bit, isn't it? Supporting actor for Robert De Niro. Yeah. Best actress for Lily Gladstone, the first ever Native American which woman to be nominated for Which is worth singing about a little bit, which is basically yeah. hides into my point. Like, it's a kind big, of, big deal. I think that is a huge big deal, and I think it's not being spoken about enough. Yeah, And I, I think agree. we need to stop talking about Barbie for a bit. We need to stop something. talking about Margot Robbie and talk about Lily yeah. Gladstone for yeah, a bit, because definitely. it's fucking hell. Yeah. Um, it's nominated for cinematography. Yes. It's nominated for costume design. Yeah. Uh, which I believe the, the costume designer Jacqueline West I believe did actually um, uh, have some assistance from Osage Nation yeah there, there is a lot generally in the film yeah um, but yeah um, uh, director for Scorsese um, it's nominated for editing I don't really know anything about editing but... she is the best editor in the world though is she yeah okay great she is um, uh, it's nominated for music score. Uh, it's nominated for yeah, best song as best well. Song, I, I'm, yeah, I, yeah I, I was because I knew it was up, and I was trying to listen out for that specific yeah. song, but I don't. Which know means it was that we have seen four of the five uh, song yeah. nominees. Barbie has two in that collection, yes. isn't it? Uh, and it's also nominated for best picture um, and production design. Yeah, so quite a lot. So quite a lot. It's the most nominated film, I think, that we've watched, except for Oppenheimer. Yes. Um, um, okay. So we're going to break it down, but like, let's ignore all the comp- thing basically just as a film. Yeah. Um, see, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, I think it's an incredibly important story to tell. I think it was told well. Yeah. Um, I, there are decisions that were made about the, the, the kind of the narrative of the film which I think were quite brave mm-hmm. considering um, it and I think it was important but it highlights stuff and the ending I thought was very very good yeah. and I'll kind of get into that maybe a little bit later yeah. but 
I've um, got um, I've got a big negative to get out of the way. Yeah. And I think once I've got that out of the way, I'll be able to talk positively. Yeah. Um, I again, similar to um, Maestro, I wanted to read from the perspective of uh, of somebody. Yes. Who I think that that is actually was Native important. American. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, an article in uh, from, uh, the BBC. Uh, by uh, Kate Nelson, who is Native American, um, and she uh, she uh, had a lot to say. But kind of the big question that she had to answer is like, as I settled into my cinema seat to take in the three and a half hour epic, I couldn't help but wonder, did Scorsese get it right? And this is what she says: the answer to that is complicated. First, it's an undeniable accomplishment that this movie was made by a major studio with a major player like Scorsese. So too is the fact that the famed filmmaker had the wherewithal to rework the script from the source material uh, to focus less on the FBI investigation and more on the Osage plight. And I can't overstate how absolutely thrilling it is to see so many native talents on the big screen, including Lily Gladstone willing acclaim for her portrayal of the Osage survivor Molly Buck Burkhart, whose family was targeted. Um, but doing the story justice in its fullest, richest form would mean centering the indigenous experience, which the film fails to do. So yeah, that's the decision I'm gonna say that I, I will kind of defend because I mm-hmm. think I know I know the kind of I'll let you finish anyway first. We'll get yeah. into that. Well she she said um, she was relieved to hear that Osage language consultant uh, Christopher Coate worked on the movie, um, who also has expressed this sentiment. Uh, She says, herein lies the paradox. Native Americans can both be elated that our stories are finally being told, yet still wish they were told from our perspective. Yeah, and I I agree with all of that. I do agree with that. that, But that's my big negative, is that it it really is about Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think it's it's frustrating that it's Leonardo DiCaprio, because as much as I like him as an actor, I think think he... he, um, there is the the bromance um, that comes with director and actor that work together quite a lot, and it gets a bit frustrating sometimes. Yeah. And I, I get frustrated with it because you get it with you get it with Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, and Nolan. You get it with DiCaprio and Scorsese. Is yeah. it's like they are essentially filmmaking par- partners, and they will always have those kind of. I don't know. It's something that just feels me uncomfortable a little bit about it because it's yeah. kind of like it's about. I wouldn't say it's about them though. I'd, I'd say. Do you not think? No, not with the way Martin Scorsese directed it. You can say maybe DiCaprio does scene chew. Definitely yeah. chews a lot of scenery in the film. Um, I think his performance is good. It's a good performance. It's, it's really good. Like yeah. I think, I think, but there is a lot of DiCaprio on the screen. I yeah. think the the focus. I think the frustrating parts of the film is when. Um, um, is it it's Molly's the character's name, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When she's poisoned and in bed and kind of can't speak or act for herself. Yeah. Is it's an important plot device because yeah. But they spend so much time in that. Yeah. In but that I think I think the second half of the film is almost done deliberately like that though. Mm. That's why I think it's yeah, it's it's almost it feeds into a narrative of the voices being silenced. But that's kind of for me is the point. Is the point? Is the yeah. point of the second half of the film? Is I feel like though, if that if that's the point you want to make, I feel like the point can be better made, and and this this would be shit. So I'm not saying do this. Yeah. But I'm saying something like, every time you have a scene between De Niro and DiCaprio, 
you then cut back to Molly in silence, lying in bed. Yeah, I see like, what you mean. Like, to constantly remind you to, yeah. that she is there and I she see is what suffering. I mean. Yeah. I th- I, and I don't I, want it to be trauma porn, but no, I do but want I to be reminded you mean. You're that like, it's you're, actually about you're, her You're family. making it more aware to the audience as you're making a point. Yeah. Because I think there is a point of them that... I do respect Martin Scorsese as a director because I think he's been doing it long enough yeah, yeah. and he knows what he's doing. And I think he's even commented on kind of... It's, it's awkward because I think there is, there is the line saying that the second half of the film, the, the voice gets taken away. Mm. And I think, well, the ending, I don't want to kind of jump ahead too much, but the ending, I think, was done very well. Because basically, it's a kind of true crime. Yeah. Element. So it was yeah, a yeah. kind of play on true crime. Is like, yeah, but like the way America sees a lot of this stuff as entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Martin Scorsese very he put himself in that scene because he's is to basically draw reflection to the factors that you're only listening because Scorsese made this film. What, yeah. whatever, not just for that, but he's putting himself as part of that. And yeah. I think it's a moment to say. There's a sort of delicious irony about it. Yes. as Yes. Well, and I like think you were he, watching a film about this. And, yeah. 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 And I think. I think he puts himself in the film to nod to that. I yeah. think it... It's, I really like that it, too. It's, it's done, it wasn't done in a kind of way like I'd love to be in my own film, but there is a moment where we, we, we cross into mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall at this silly kind of ending part where everything becomes almost like a podcast, true crime thing, yeah, and then yeah, Scorsese yeah. looks at camera. I think that was really good. Initially, when I watched it, I was like, oh, same, this is all going to get wrapped up really quickly on this kind of mm. thing. And I was like, oh, no, I can't understand the point. Yeah. But the flip back to then just showing, it kind of flips back to that long, really nice uh, ending shot of all the Osage um, people dancing around the drum. Yeah. Which was, I think it was its filmmaking device to basically show what the story's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of leaving the last frame as that. And I think... That's essentially filmmaking device to say this is where the story lies. Yeah. Whether that was enough or not, I don't know. History will kind of be the be the the kind of. But um, I think I liked the ending. And I think I liked if, the if ending. they didn't have this ending, I wouldn't have liked that decision as much because I think it was more of a play on mm-hmm. kind of the way we ingest trauma and um, stories like this as entertainment. And I think it was a very self-reflecting thing to be like you've watched this have you enjoyed it yeah it was actually a thing that took place and like yeah. for me even as a director it was something that I jumped into for a little bit and was entertainment for everyone but this is the people's lives that existed in this mm-hmm. I think that's what I got and yeah. I think if if hopefully if that's what the decision was directorial to do that I think it's I think it's it's a good work mm-hmm. um, but I think just to flip back from the ending I think just I know you don't like long, long films, but I love long films. And I think, like, if you're ever going to say a film we shouldn't rush is a film like this. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't make it three and a half hours, you know, that second half where the kind of a sage voice gets taken away. Yeah. You don't get time to balance it as well. Mm. You don't have the whole half first beginning bit where you, you have... Um, a lot of it there and then it vanishes yeah you don't you, I think you don't I, give it enough time I th- I could have done with less of the second half yeah fair I, because the like, bits I was the most captivated were when she was on screen yeah I know but that, I, for me I felt like when she was inebriated and her voice was taken away 
was heartbreaking and made me want to physically get up and enter yeah. the screen. But and I think this, those are the bits that but are... But it wasn't like we, we sat in the tragedy of that. It was like we sat in the tragedy of that for a bit and then watched Leonardo DiCaprio like talk to... Robert De Niro for a bit. Yeah, you know what I, I think, mean. I think those, I understand what you mean by like that. I think you can bring in the. I think I think what does come across with it though, and I think is is the fact that in a really kind of horrible way that the voice was taken completely away. Mm. And if you, yeah, like I was sick of seeing them, mm. and I didn't want to see any more. But that's kind of that was what happened. Yeah. And I think I think there is a. I think I think I'm struggling to give it the benefit of the doubt because it's Scorsese and because it wasn't directed by a Native American yeah. director. Yeah. If you know, if it was made by an entirely Native team and that was the decision they yeah. made, but what's sad then I'd be okay is, yeah. with that. But yeah. but what's sad is that film wouldn't got made. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm I know, just saying I know. like it's. I think it's more important that that the film I gets think made. Scorsese did actually do a good job of making yeah. this film. There's a lot relevant. to give credit for here. There yeah. really is. Um, but just to talk about her performance as well she's incredible to do understated um, kind of deft um, to capture a screen mm. with with few words but a lot of heartbreak with 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 minimal kind of script and stuff I think is, is exceptional yeah because it's like she has to do a lot of controlled rage controlled grief and a yeah. lot of that this, especially towards the end of it yeah um, it's, it it's makes the moment it, when she learns is it Rita Rita the house explodes yeah yeah that um, that moment is is gut punching. It's horrible. Yeah. But she, yeah, she Lily Gladstone fully deserves her Oscar nomination. Yeah. Here. I think it, it, I it made it made me it made it, I, I was easier to get on board with this because Leonardo DiCaprio was a piece of shit in it. Mm-hmm. And so so was um. <laughs> yeah, I will say actually, I think that he's quite brave in this role. In that, like, he's very he's quite grotesque. He's quite ugly. He's yeah. quite yeah like think, yeah, in a way yeah. that I don't see him very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I think I'll give him a lot of credit for that. I think I think De Niro's character is terrifying because mm. he does that kind of I'm looking out for the best wishes of everyone whilst being an absolute piece of shit whilst kind of trying yeah. to come across as sympathetic to the cause and doing quite a good job to people around him and mm-hmm. even you at the beginning of the film do yeah. you know what I mean? At you the beginning of the film I totally was like oh he's the nice but one but he suckered you in because yeah. he's basically just an mm-hmm. absolute piece of shit um, yeah. Um, yeah I think I mean for me the cinematography in this film is also I think it's my favourite so far is it um, more yeah. than Maestro? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I have a sucker for, for a bit of Western cinematography anyway, but mm-hmm. I think the cinematography is like to to sell to tell stories with one shot is basically my. I think what they would say about like if you can do it with just an image and mm. say what the whole scene's about, then you're doing a good job. And it, I think this film this did that, did that a lot. Yeah, um, I don't know this cinematographer. Um, Do I, don't, I don't. Who, who's the cinematographer? Is Rodrigo Prieto. No, I, th- I think he's done a lot with um, um, Scorsese, though. Um, I'm gonna look at. But also, I think the the editing man, like mm-hmm. she's she. I mean, like I've said, like she is the best editor in the world. Kind of. I think she, I don't know how many Oscars she's won now. 
Oh, is um, she like a, a she, big? She big does Oscar all winner. of Scorsese's film, and he's the, actually the only director to bring his editor up on stage. Oh, really? And mention them um, anytime he gets awards and stuff, because like he always says, like my films just would not would not be the same. And it's true because she's just exceptional. Yeah. But she makes the cinematography sing in this yeah. in this film. So I think it's a bit of a double edged. Brokeback Mountain. This cinematographer did. Ah. Yeah. And Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a huge film reviewer's work, but I thought the um, the shot choice was very, very good. I mean, sometimes you don't know what you're watching if it's the director or the cinematographer. Yeah. But, um, very well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also it's great to see what's his face. Um, I love him. Uh, he played Jesse the, Plemons. Yes, I yeah, fucking yeah. love Je- Jesse Plemons because he's brilliant. At, Hollywood did not want him to be. A, a leading actor but he no. said fuck you Hollywood I'm going to be a leading actor Brendan um, Fraser's in it for all of about oh, yeah, two minutes I forgot he turned up yeah. Yeah, there was actually a few people that showed up that didn't, I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. yeah um, I, th- I think there's a lot to praise this film for I think basically my criticism is that I would want it to not be the film it is which is I would want it to be a film from the Native American's perspective yeah yeah which is not the film it is so no, given yeah. that it's the film it is there's a lot to praise about it yeah exactly mm. I think I I um, I think there's nothing but good intentions, but behind behind that, there's a lot they do really well. Yeah, here. there's a lot they do really, and a lot of uh, I think there was a lot of um, you know working with um, anyone that was kind of from the Osage kind of uh, like um, heritage mm-hmm. to, to work out they could till the closest they could get. I'm mm-hmm. going to say I'm not going to say that this film is the hundred percent the perspective, but I think again. Mm-hmm. If it lands in the lap of someone who d- didn't know the story, I think it's 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 a, it's a stepping stone is the best way to describe this. Because I think all films are a stepping stone. I don't think you're going to ever learn 100 mm-hmm. percent about. I think and if you, then if you want to read anything further, like you could read. Um, yeah. You know, um, like I always recommend the book. It's a very long one, but um, um, go on. Bury my heart in wounded knee. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly long, but if you want to read something that's a very a classic and it tells the story, the plight of a lot of Native Americans or First mm-hmm. Nation, depending on what you want to say, it's important. I think and this film is a good stepping stone for for for, for, for somebody to learn yeah, something. To, to learn something. You're not going to learn the stuff in this film. No. You're not going to learn um, the, the you know the, the the ins and outs of the story, but. In a it entertainment, might spark an yeah, yeah, you can see it, and I think that was highlighted by the by the ending, and I think it's mm-hmm. I think that was quite good. It was a good, it was a good, it was a good play. Yeah, um, I think I think it's yeah. There's a lot. I I've gone through because I watched this about 24 hours ago, and I've gone through like moments where I was like it's brilliant and moments where I was like oh I'm really disappointed in this and I I think where I've settled is that it's extremely solid and my issues with the film in order for are your issues with what yeah the the whole premise of yeah they they would have to change the entire premise of the film in order to fix my issues with the film um so I, I think it is it's exactly what um, what that lady said in, in the article of like having to hold both of those ideas in your head at the same time of being yes like yeah. wanting it to centre the Native American experience but also simultaneously yeah. being grateful that it exists and yeah, yeah I think that's it I think but also I think I think and I probably I'll say this till I'm blue in the face is can we have more please 
but mm-hmm. do better. I think I think you you can do that with you can take and give with the same hand. Yeah. Like, you know, we say like, okay, this this was great. I'm, I'm really glad Scorsese made this film. It was a great film. Mm-hmm. Everything like worked very very well. Mm-hmm. Just more and you know, let's let's just keep. You don't just do one film. Yeah. Because um, if we if we're, everyone needed to talk about genocide, it's now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna give this a four. Yeah, I'm a four as well. Great. Uh, um, for the basically the same reason. Yeah, I think. it's yeah. I th- I think it's it's not entirely perfect, but it does really really well. Um, I th- I'm going to suggest now that we go through the categories. Yes. And kind of say who our front runner is of the ones we've seen in each category. Okay, fair. Uh, actor in a leading role, we've only seen Bradley Cooper and Killian Murphy. I would rather see I Killian, Killian win Murphy. This. Yeah. yeah. Actor in a supporting role, we have seen Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., and Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling for me. It's Ryan Gosling for me as well. This yeah. is this is where I like you know when, like this is where everyone um, when they, when the the kind of conversation was about like really Ryan Gosling got a nomination and not and I was like I was just happy Ryan Gosling was on there. I was like sorry I forgot about all the kind of the, the stuff that I got attached to because he was great in he that was film. Brilliant, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is Ryan Gosling. It's also it's a very different category. Um, it's a very yeah. It's 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 not about him versus the yeah. rest of the cast because they're all friends. You're mm-hmm. forgetting that like they are yeah. not competing with each other. No. Um, actress Lily Gladstone and Kerry Mulligan are the two we've seen. This is hot for me. They're both fucking brilliant. I'm I'm just for, purely for political reasons going to go <laughs> with Lily Gladstone. I think I think me too. I <sighs> because I think Carrie Mulligan's exceptional. She is incredible um, in Maestro. I just think yeah, Lily Gladstone. Is, oh, it's I hot. think she does more with less. If that makes sense, I think, I think you're she, right. she does a lot of, and I'm always always going to be a sucker for yeah. doing s- stuff that's not grand. I mean, yeah, yeah, Carrie yeah. Mulligan gets a lot of big scenes, bit stuff and, to chew on, and brilliant text, and yeah, yeah, yeah and all yeah, the rest of it. it. I think Lily Gladstone does emotion and her face without any just, of that. With, really. the, there's not the kind of the, some of the weightier sure. like craftily written scenes with things like here's your space to act in. Yeah, I think she's also. Yeah. I would not be upset if Carrie Mulligan no, no, won. No, God no, no. But I, I, I think I agree with you. Um, okay, supporting, we've seen America Ferrara and Emily Blunt. Um, I don't think Emily Blunt was no. was very descriptive no, in Oppenheimer. She, she had like one scene. Of, of the two that of we've no, seen, I would choose yeah, America, America Ferrara. America Ferrara. Um, uh, we haven't done any animated yet. Uh, cinematography, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro Oppenheimer discuss I might have to come back on this because okay. I don't know I think my heart's leading towards like Oppenheimer because it was very 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 good mm-hmm. um, but there were bits about him that annoyed me Maestro was great Killers of the Flower Moon I'd lean over Maestro there were bits about Maestro that annoyed me a little bit it's like yeah. 4 by 3 black and white it's like it's a bit noddy in it like old times <laughs> So, so let's make the aspect, aspect ratio four by three and make it black yeah. and white. It's still I, not I, great, the trouble is I don't know what's. I n- now that we've talked about editing, I don't really know in Killers of the Flower Moon what's cinematography and what's editing. So yeah, I see what you mean. Um, I'm leaning towards Oppenheimer, but okay. ask me again in a week and I'll change All my right. mind. Uh, costume we've done Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer. I I don't see I don't see Oppenheimer winning for this surely. No, I'd lean to Killers. Me too. Flower Moon. I think I'll go for. Directing Killers Oppenheimer. I think I would go Killers. I'd go Killers. Yeah. 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 I think Oppenheimer 
the things that are exceptional about Oppenheimer, I, I think, are a lot to do with acting. Yeah, I'm, and I'm getting a little bit bored of Nolan's directing yeah. style. It's a bit one note now, but I think he might sneak this year. Yeah. Because he um, had one yet. Editing Killers and Oppenheimer, I would go Killers, I think. Oh, would I? Oh. I think I would. I, I still go Killers. If yeah. you're just saying which is better, it's mm-hmm. I think it's Killers. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, Maestro, Oppenheimer. I'm sorry. I'm I know not you're not doing Maestro. Maestro, no. Um, I will. I will so far, let's just say Oppenheimer, but I'm sure it'd be what something else. Yeah. I think it might be poor things, but that's just a guess. Yeah. Um, score, Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer. For me, it's got to be Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. I'm tired of scores that go. Wah! Yeah. As I'm, you know. Oppenheimer doesn't ring out in my head. If, no. I think it was a lot of big Nolan single notes. Wah! Yeah. Um, it's Interstellar, the different story, but it's not. <laughs> uh, original song. We've done four of these now. I'm just. I'm going with um, American it, Symphony. It never went away. Yeah, I can't. I, I, can't I would be not. surprised if this won, but it, it, it is won't. Beautiful. It won't. It 100 won't. But that's my. That's my mm-hmm. one. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I think I have a feeling. I just. I'm just Ken might win. I have a feeling it will. Yeah. Yeah. Best. Uh, let's come back to best, best picture. Production design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer. Controversially, I'm, I'm going Barbie. Barbie on this. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Because this set design was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Where, the much, where did you find that much pink paint? Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Every single, it wouldn't be wicks, would it? Other where they yeah. have the equivalent in the States. Something's like, what, how much pink paint, mate? Uh, sound. I'm leaning to Maestro for this. I'm leaning to Maestro for this. I think it was very, very good. It's definitely, I mean, it might be Mission Impossible Dead becoming part one. Oh, part one. So. <laughs> <laughs> James can read. Um, visual effects. <sighs> well, the only one we've seen is the creator. I'm really hoping I watch something. Yeah, so far, it's the creator. It's the only one we've seen. So. Yeah. Uh, adapted screenplay. Ooh. Barbie or Oppenheimer? Uh, I, 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 I think Oppenheimer. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly annoyed that, that it's even in there, so I'm going to lean into Oppenheimer because no. Barbie being adapted screenplay makes it's no bizarre. sense to me. Um, original screenplay uh, I mean we've only seen Maestro um, I do think the screenplay is very good for Maestro actually yeah um, best picture Barbie Killers of the Flower Moon Maestro Oppenheimer discuss if these were the four okay well I gave Barbie Killers and Oppenheimer all, all the four, four stars so it's between those three I'm, con- I'm actually going to say and this is only because I think it's going to be something else this year. Okay. I don't know. I'm just guessing it might be, but I'm going to lean into Killers because... Mm-hmm. Is it bad to say that I'm bored of Barbenheimer? <laughs> is that... No, is, is I that, think it is. Because I think that the, the, the narrative will be, will it be Barbie? Will it be will Oppenheimer? It be Oppenheimer? Yeah. Do they, should they have a fight on the stage to work out who's going to win? I enjoyed Barbie more than I enjoyed Oppenheimer. I thought it was a more interesting film. Mm. I I think I I think I cannot in good conscience say I want Barbie to win over Killers of the Flower Moon though. So I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think I think it would be a good way of going. I think it would be a good way of saying like forget about the film films for a second. Like Barbie Oppenheimer, blah blah blah. blah, blah. It's like a um, moonlight moment. Yeah, I mean? a little moonlight moment of just. I mean, not saying it'd be full moon number because let's not say Scorsese winning, winning an Oscar for Best Picture would be a moonlight moment, but. I think there would be something nice about the narrative to say these two big films would have been fighting out at the box office for years and actually it's like, no, let's, let's, let's talk about um, yeah. the genocide of native people. 
mm-hmm. um, and these things that happened. I think just for the sentiment of that, I'd, I'd enjoy that. I think. Yeah, me too. Can I list you the six films I think we should watch next episode? Yeah. Two docs, two animated, and two two best documentaries. Oh wow, it's going to be a heavy week. Yeah. Do you we ready? Have, do I have enough drugs? Uh, documentaries: Bobby Wine, the People's President. Okay. Yeah. And the Eternal Memory. Oh yeah, I know what both of those are about. I don't know what either of okay. them are about. Uh, animated: The Boy and the Heron. Yeah. And Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Spider, Spider, Spider-Heron. So hopefully those will be Heron. nice like um, antidotes to the docs. Yeah. And so is that four? So that's four. So what else? Uh, Nyad. Nyad, for, yeah. For best actress and best yeah. supporting actress mainly. Be nice because be, I'm watching currently watching um, uh, Jodie Foster, Jodie Foster in, in True Detective, in True Detective yeah. season four. So I get to see her again. And The Holdovers. Which is a funny one, I suppose. Which I think is meant to be, to be it's funny. It's a silly one. So I think those are the six we should watch next Yeah, let's episode. do that. And Great. fucking academy the shit out of it. Woohoo! Do you want to play the Go Fuck Yourself theme tune? Oh shit, Go Fuck Yourself. Um, yeah, go for it. Well, I'm going to press the button now. Go on. You can fuck off. Fuck off. You're a prick. You're a dick. Please go fuck yourself. I don't know why it was meow after that. It's weird. Yeah, it's strange. Um, There's one guy somewhere who absolutely fucking loves it and he's currently moist. incredible scenes uh, you go first because while you do it I can think about what mine's oh, going to be oh shit I was really hoping you were going to go I first I went first last week so. oh you did you did okay um alright <laughs> my go fuck yourself is social anxiety I mean yeah go for it and it's I fine. tell you for why I had the opportunity to meet Siobhan McSweeney oh no way two days ago yep but, but and I fucked it really I fucked it so royally um, so just remind people um, Siobhan McSweeney plays Sister Michaels in Dairy Girls we love her yeah um, but she she's hilarious and she's yeah stern as fuck I was at a like a fancy industry party a couple of nights we, we, ago this is we do this is what we do on the podcast we go to these fancy, fancy industry fancy parties yeah, yeah. Um, I was at a fancy, fancy industry party and a director I had worked with was like walking past me and went oh my god hello and I gave I gave him a hug and he was with Siobhan McSweeney who he has worked with you punched her didn't you out <laughs> <laughs> out of panic I may as well no actually I didn't um, I, but I, I went hi how are you and then I looked and I saw it was her and she went hello and I went hi and then I I wanted to be like I think you're fucking amazing and I love you mm. but did you try to play it cool did you try and play it cool I no I, I didn't I just went I can't even acknowledge that you are there so I then looked back to the director and just started talking to him oh no I know so really she thinks bad a, she thinks you're a dick I didn't you know what's wrong with putting my hand out and being like hi I'm Anna like what's wrong with that I panicked I fully I just went into full you know what was going through my head I, no, really, I know I know exactly probably go, go, go on I really love her so first of all Derry Girls is incredible she yeah. is amazing in it she's fucking hilarious but also, I really love her off-menu episode, like the podcast off-menu. I've not seen off I'll listen to. Yeah. I, I really love her episode, and I was just thinking about like her episode and how much I laughed and enjoyed listening to it. And she was, she was just beaming from ear to ear. She was clearly like having a very nice night, and like she just went, 
hello. And I went, she was drunk. Hi! Um, and like screamed hi in her face and then looked back to the director and went, oh, so blah, 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 blah. And he went, oh, I think blah, 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 blah. And I went, okay, I'm going to go find my friends now and just walked away. Yeah. I yeah. had the opportunity to meet and shake hands but with Siobhan McSweeney. You did that, and you did that thing up. where it's like, I don't want to make a big deal of this, so I'm not going to make... I don't Any want, deal. I, I don't all. want her to feel like I'm like like going to make a big deal about her. But, but, and then you go, okay, what I'll do is I'll just basically pretend it's not a big thing. So what I'll do is actively eject myself from the situation. Eject myself. Yeah. And, and she now thinks I'm a cunt. It's possible. <laughs> Because the direct, the thing is, she will have gone. The director knows who I am. I've worked like, with this was, director. Um, who was that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so she may have been like, that person was strange, and then he'd have been like, yeah, that was a bit weird. You, you yeah. know, like he knows who I, I, I am. Hopefully, there was a conversation. She's like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe she was a bit starstruck. So my go fuck yourself is social anxiety. Fair enough. Fair and enough. I, I've, I've done that. I've done this for like, um, I interviewed. Um, um, the guy that plays um, Lester Freeman in The Wire. And I fucking love Lester the Freeman. The Wire. And The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I interviewed him and he came up to me and was like, hey, I'm... And I was like... And I tried to, like, play it cool. And then I grabbed his hand and when he shook my hand, I was like, I know exactly who you are and I'm trying not to freak out. And he went... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Incredible. It's like, at least... Uh, uh, yeah... And I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to be a babbling idiot, but I'll get over Social it. anxiety. It, I've, I've missed my chance to have a conversation with Siobhan McSweeney because of my social anxiety. So my social anxiety can go and yeah, fuck enough. itself. Um, it's nice to do one that isn't like Keir Starmer or this paedophile that I've learned about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, Something a bit lighthearted, yeah. like my own mental health issues. <laughs> yeah, lighthearted. <laughs> um, who, is, who is my... Go fuck yourself. Ah... Uh, can I do a blanket one? Go on. It's just... No, I can't. I, no, I'm not going to do that one. Because it's always on my mind. And I never do it when it comes up for this. Because I think it's too big to, to go, go on. on. No, you can't. Go on. No, because it's... No, I don't, I'm not going to do it. Because I think it's. I think it trivialises a very big issue. Okay, you're just it, edging the audience at this point. I know. But yeah, everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? Cool. Nice one. There's a big thing happening in the world at the moment. I don't know. Probably the most important thing. Ah. And I don't really. I think if I go, okay. if I go, yeah, I feel like it. That's fair it enough. A bit. Okay. But I think I think I'm going to lean into what I started the podcast with. Um, it's not necessarily that people are saying that so and so should win an Oscar and so and so. I feel like this person deserved this and whatever. It's like, yeah, cool, that's fine. But mm-hmm. this is low stakes. Let's get very kind of real about what the the, the show is. And it's yeah. like it's. It, I think it's important when people get nominated that haven't necessarily been you know that can bring attention to certain things i think that's important but also i think there's a lot of um i think there's a lot of um people trying to sell papers mm. and people doing clickbait and a lot of gossip columns that come about oscar snubs and things like that and, and making th- rivalries where they and don't making exist. And, don't exist. and this kind of annoys me a little bit because when you won't make films with people a lot of the time that you like i mean i don't have the same kind of i've not worked on the same kind of films as the level of this but mm. you only wish good things for your people that you worked on cast wise and I can probably assure you there is no ill will between the cr- like the, the, the Barbie crowd they're all friends mm-hmm. yeah. they will be cheering each other on at the, the you know all these things when they are and they're not I don't think there's any a point where any of them will hard any kind of 
ill will to each other yeah. and I don't think we should do that I don't think no. we should create narratives when sometimes then there aren't really any I, I think also I, think like um, it's important to remember with Barbie that Margot Robbie was a producer on Barbie so yeah. actually any nomination for Barbie whatever the category is a win for Margot Robbie yeah like I think that's quite important to remember yeah and I think so I th- you don't need to feel butthurt on her behalf. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think, but I think there is a bit of a press whip up sometimes. And I think mm-hmm. I just don't like the word Oscar snub. I think snub sounds vindictive, and I don't think there's anything vindictive about. I don't think no. that someone's chosen to go. Let's have Ken in. Um, let's have, call him Ken because he was that good in it. I think he's <laughs> Ken. Um, let's have like the goose as best supporting and Margaret Robin not in that. I can't get over the goose. To. Um, to just piss people off it's like they've not done that it's just the votes have fallen this way that's how the academy works sometimes but if you want to whip up a narrative about it like okay you can talk about the the, the diversity of the academy but that's the question you should be asking it shouldn't be the snub of someone to piss people off and it's a whatever and it's like at the end of the day they're votes and they fall a certain way can we talk about the things that are positive and you know like let's focus on Ferreira getting the yeah best supporting because that was completely ignored in the in the, in the in totally the, ignored yeah, and, and she's she, first of all she was brilliant and second of all I did not think she was going to be nominated yeah and it was good that you really know. good that she was nominated and she she did like most of the emotional labor in that film right right so like, like I, I think it's it's and also you know like I think what what I feel about it as well is like when I look at this like the roles of so far in that best actress category, it's like well I agree, like I don't disagree with it, and yeah. also like the word snub just run, rubs me up the wrong way because it's like, I think it's just creating a uh, a mean spirited narrative, but it's also an awkward position to put people that work on films like that because mm. they will get asked about that in interviews now, yeah, and they're good friends. You ask any of them, they'll be like you know watch it and it's like no man like I think a lot of all these people will have nothing but goodwill for their co-stars yeah and I also I have now seen America Ferrara be asked more than once how do you feel about the fact that Margot Robbie was not nominated for an Oscar that's kind of sucky which that kind of sucks no celebrate her win yeah 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 Yeah. like let's talk about you and let's talk about you know because she's been around for years and she deserved stuff for so long Mm. um Anyway, I remember a, her from the Sisterhood of the, Sa- the Travelling Pants days. <laughs> she was an icon in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that leads us to the inevitable... Calm how, down. Calm down. Oh, God, I've got to think of one of those as well. But let's do it. <laughs> Breathe in. Breathe out. Calm down. What key's that in? Oh, I don't remember. Probably B flat. I play everything in B flat. Fair enough. I love B flat. I love B flat. <laughs> Said no one ever. No, I'm joking. Um, um, did you picture Leonard Bernstein conducting it as Bradley Cooper? No, because he no, he would not <laughs> conduct a single piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. That would be a home invasion. Um, what is your calm down? Okay, my week? calm down is um, my calm down is uh, uh, so I I did a really wonderful play that I was very proud of um, called The Good John Proctor. Yes, uh, an actress from which we actually worked with today. Can confirm, very good, but you cannot watch it anymore because it it's, is no longer. It on. is no longer. But it was um, 
uh, I read a, re- a bad review for it on the last episode. Oh, you um, did, yeah. I did, yeah. And um, it, so we got four Off West End Award nominations. Boom. For Best New Play, Best Sound. Um, the woman who played Betty got nominated for Best Newcomer. And uh, the four of us got nominated for Best Ensemble. Which was Betty? Uh, the younger, my younger cousin. Oh, bless her. The nine-year-old. She's, she's in a lot of scenes. She's in so many yeah, scenes. Even scenes where she's not in scenes, she's in the scene hiding in the scene kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like she um, never leaves the stage yeah. almost. But, and then the four of us got nominated for Best Ensemble and we were all super proud. And I was talking to the director, who is also called Anna, and I was just like, I just felt like it was very joyous and everybody was very chill and like calm. And like even the tech rehearsals were very calm. And she was just like, she talked about how she likes to curate an atmosphere of people around her where like, actually I do this job because I enjoy it. And I want, I don't want to hire people that are going to fuck up my enjoyment. So I, basically, so I only hire nice people, basically. Yeah, and this, I, is, this is a sentiment I definitely echo. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I enjoy directing and you guys enjoy acting and these guys enjoy designing. So I, she was like, over the years, I have tried really hard to develop the skill of um, hiring people that are going to work well and harmoniously together and also just be nice people. And I just thought that was a fucking brilliant um, sentiment. And I thought that conversation was my calm down. Take note, Kubrick. Her name I know is, you're um, dead. I know you're dead. But, <laughs> but. Uh, her name is Anna Ryder and she's a wonderful director. And if you ever see anything that uh, she has directed, just know that the backstage environment is extremely chilled out and mellow, even if the play is very, very dark. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that my calm down. I went to see that with my mum on, on, not last Saturday, Saturday before. Saturday before, yeah. Where does time go? Um, but yeah. yeah oh yeah, so, but, so I never got to good, ask you good, about... Um, good example, isn't it? Like, because yeah. obviously if anyone on that show, if they were nominated for an award, you'd be fucking oh, elated. delighted. You know, yeah. Sabrina's been singled out for her acting and we're all delighted for her. Yeah. Um, but uh, I never got to ask you um, in light of having seen it now since I read that review discuss that review oh well, the one where he didn't like the fact that young women were swearing yeah yeah I mean I have a picture of this man in my head he has a monocle um, <laughs> I think in my head he's got chewing tobacco as well I don't know where that comes from and he likes snuff you yeah. know like snuff you get on the bar in old pubs in like the yeah, 18th yeah, yeah. century yeah I think he likes a bit of snuff um, these these are these are things that I thought about him as Amazing. a person. But I just I think it's yeah it's mad. I think it's it just makes to to review a play by being like I'm annoyed that they're swearing and I'm annoyed that somebody doesn't appear in this play. <laughs> yeah, the fact that John Proctor isn't in it. It's like because essentially the the re, the retelling is that he's essentially a paedophile. Yeah. Right. I mean that's the way I read it. Was yeah. like this off-screen character who you know the story through initially. The is, title is ironic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think the title, I think, I think, the good John Proctor. I think missing it. I think it's one of those things that, like, sometimes you can review something and you go, "Do you know what? I think this is maybe something that's not aimed at me, and, and I don't know enough okay. about." And to pick a part that you don't like because there's swearing in it is dumb as fuck, um, to say the least. But yeah, yeah, my calm down is um, the curation of lovely workspaces. Yeah, that's cool. Like mine's my cats because I know that's a really deep <laughs> default thing. But I've been le- I've been leaning on my cats emotionally a lot over the last month, 
Um, and I feel like they should get a shout out on the podcast yeah. because having seen anything, my natural reaction is to grab one of the fluffy things in my house and put my head inside their fur yeah. and hide for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they just for that they have to put up with me, and I feel like they deserve a shout out. But like that's my natural reaction is to kind of basically like end of American Symphony. I was like, where's my cat? I was like, there mm-hmm. he is. Right, cool. Flowers Moon I was like, end of the flowers. I was just kind of like, well, like Luna's there. Well, I just put my face in a fur for a bit pass me your phone because I know what we should end with okay cool um, um, that's a really nice calm down yeah I, I've not used it yet as well so I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm allowed to um, and it's a, yeah. it's a cheap and easy one but fuck it if you're not cats get one they're free and go and cuddle them right now yeah also adopt don't shop because um, mm-hmm. there's plenty of cats that need rehoming I can this is a whole like fucking soapbox now isn't it yeah um yeah, where where she you know, don't like, but like yeah, just hit me with a song and I can just okay. Well, I'll, I'll say s- some things first. Okay, say some things. Oh. I was going to start. I'll rapping. say them under uh, under this this uh, music. Shall I play? Go for it. it? Play for it. Um, so uh, we have uh, an Instagram. It's very dramatic. <laughs> You, you chose the song, so... I did. It, it's Marla 2, which is what he directs in my stream. Oh, OK. Um, um, I'm actually going to choose a different movement. Um, so Tech. Tech. Um, so, first of all, we have an Instagram. We are at SnowflixPod on Instagram. We also have um, uh, showreels available there, if you are an actor in need of a showreel. Um just silly now I love it thank you to Cinepause who bought us our sound equipment and sponsors us uh, you can follow her at uh, C-I-N-E uh, underscore pause um, for cinematography rental equipment um, uh, you can rate us I believe on podcast platforms that's a thing that can exist we also do prosthetic noses <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know. <laughs> really bad ones. <laughs> They're made of like clay and tin foil. <laughs> yeah. But like hire us now because we will be able to nail it. Because the first question will be, do we need it? And we'll say, nah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. You can hire us to dissuade you from putting a prosthetic nose. Yeah, in we'll your do film. that. We'll do that. We're dissuaders of prosthetic noses. Great. Uh, um, we love you. Have a great week.